welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today we are talking with Phil Tainborn, WBS alumni and regional manager with DHL. Pre-MBA, Phil enjoyed an exciting career in the military, and today he'll be telling us how he combined the skills he gained during that time with the MBA to move on to an exciting new career path. Phil, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, your name, where you're from, where you did your MBA, and why you did your MBA. Yeah, sure. So I'm Phil Tainborn. I, uh, I came from London originally. Um, I did an MBA at Warwick Business School, um, and I am now about seven or eight months out of that. Um, and I previously had been in the military for nearly 17 years, and uh, the MBA was um, really like the first reason was to help with the transition out of the military. I was, you know, I was looking for something that would help me kind of benchmark myself and give me some skills that I was short. But actually, and, and um, probably not the usual MBA, uh, I, was, I was also very keen on personal development. Um, so I, I wanted to go and learn stuff that I didn't know um, and mm. use it as an opportunity to kind of explore that. Uh, and then I guess the last reason was it was about scratching an itch. So I had been quite kind of motivated first time around the education. I had gone for uh, the subject that I was best at at school and thought I'd be great at that at university and never really sort of stopped to ask myself genuinely what was I interested in. And, um, you know, by the time I chose to do an MBA, I was, I was interested in, in business, I was interested in economics, I was interested in strategy, and I figured all that out. So I wanted to go and actually spend a bit of time um, before the opportunity was gone to, to, to kind of explore that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And it's, it's great as well that you've had the opportunity to do it. And it's interesting because I think when we are young, we sort of, we don't always think about things like business to, to pursue late, you know, that, that might be more beneficial or that will interest us. I think when you're young, it's not as appealing, I guess, um, unless you're Warren Buffett. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's different stuff. You know, my, my children certainly aren't interested in business, but my, my son loves dressing up and playing soldiers. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I guess we were the same. Um, so, yeah, that's great. You, you know, you see these different things that, that interest you as you go along. And, hey, I mean, we've got quite long lives. If, you, if you're always interested in the same thing, it would get, get fairly boring. Absolutely, yeah. So if you can tell us about your career path, where you started out and, and where you are now. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm one of these really lucky people. I, I knew I wanted to join the army from about the same time I had recollections. Um, so it was always really clear uh, when I was at school and, and later on at university where I was going to go and what I wanted to do. I, you know, I, I wanted to, to be an officer in the army. Um, and I, I went to university in Bristol um, and I kind of halfway through that decided I was definitely going to join the army and, and they kind of gave me a, a, a contract from there and then. So I was, you know, that was set. Uh, and that was um, 2001. So, um, sorry, that was 2000 actually. I joined the army in 2001. Um, so as you can imagine, I, I kind of joined the army for all the good reasons, wanting to be outside, wanting to be with people. Um, I, mm. I love tanks. I joined the bit of the army that had tanks and did reconnaissance. Um, but the... I guess the reason I say the dates is because obviously whilst I was um, a, a young kind of officer cadet at Sandhurst, the uh, attacks in September 11th happened, um, which, which really changed the, changed the army. And, and whilst I'd always joined the army because I, I, you know, I wanted to serve, I thought that that would, you know, there'd be nothing um, 
no greater challenge than, than serving a country overseas, uh, suddenly that was a very real aspiration. And I think that kind of shaped the next 15 years, really. Um, and, and when I kind of recall it now, it, it all went very, very quickly. There was very clear purpose. There was lots of, of things that were um, very, very significant and that I really cared about that I was, that I was doing constantly. Uh, and that was, um, you know, that, that, that endured, like I say, for, for most of that entire career. Um, yeah. But there became a point where I had a family, I had um, commitments, I had, you know, a couple of children that were really dependent upon me. And I'd always said to my wife early on that I, um, you know, I've got to be a little bit selfish in the first career. I, you know, I joined the army. And whilst I'm in the army, it asks a lot of me. Um, but there's going to come a time where that's, you know, that's no longer what we both want. And that meant she was very happy to travel. In fact, she found that quite exciting. When the children were young, that's quite exciting. Um, but there came a point where the balance was no longer there, where, where it was asking, the army was asking a lot of me. It wasn't giving the sort of satisfaction that I'd found previously, most of which because I had changed rather than because the offer had changed. Um, but I had to try and give my family a little bit more balance. So um, at that stage, I decided to leave. And that's probably about two and a half years ago. Um, and I explored all the different options um, for, for doing that. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And actually, I, I kind of found an MBA was a really good route. So I, I, I did that, graduated last summer. And um, one of the kind of challenges I had was, was working out an area where I could use the kind of old skills from the army and the new skills from an MBA. And um, management and logistics seemed actually to kind of fit those. It had a lot of the great stuff from the military, working with a huge variety of people and really tangible things. Um, mm. And it had a lot of the, the, the kind of new stuff, um, understanding how to use data, understanding how to do innovation, mm. understanding how to plan a strategy out. Um, mm. So it, it seemed like quite a good fit. And I, I've been there now for seven months. Um, mm. And I, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, the, the changes are, are less significant than I thought they would be. Um, but very, you know, very, very fun um, organisation. So, um, so far, it seems to be going okay. And you touched upon it. Uh, we were talking before before the official call. DHO was was your plan A. So, given that that the whole purpose of this was giving balance to my, um, you know, to my family, not the whole purpose, but most of it, I, I was really conscious that um, they had to deal with a lot of uncertainty as well. Um, mm. And some of that's financial, some of that's kind of stability. Um, and yeah, I think the, um, I, I kind of, I realized that there was going to come a point where um, if I needed to give everybody the sort of standard of living that they, that they needed, um, then my desires to have a sort of perfect job that really satisfies me would be trumped by um, actually just having to put food on the plate. Um, so mm -hmm. I, you know, I considered the, some of the slightly more traditional um, post-military routes um, and consultancies that, the, the sort of relatively well-trodden path, I think, um, you know, a, a first career in the military, an MBA, um, and then consultancies, you wouldn't be a stranger and, and firms would mm. understand you um, if you have that mm. background. So that was, you know, that was kind of one of the other, one of the other ideas. And, um, you know, I'm very glad that I haven't um, necessarily had to, had to explore that because I think this is, is, is a better fit for me, but, but certainly is interesting. And I'd, I would advocate to, to you know, to anybody that, that's um, come here to, you know, there isn't just one plan that works and, and there's not just one plan that suits you. You've got to, um, you know, you've got to have a couple of contingencies. Otherwise you'll just, you know, your choices will diminish very rapidly. Yeah, especially in this climate as well. I mean, I think this climate's making people that are still looking for a job probably think outside of their original box, which is, which is good because you never know opportunities are, 
are only you know, there are as, are as many as you keep as you look for. Uh, you're at, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I had actually I had a, I had a plan D, which I didn't really tell you about. But <laughs> but what I'd always wanted to do was to start my own company um, really? and to do my own thing. Really, um, I, actually, I, I wanted to um, I wanted to to, to make gin. Um, the, uh, the the reality though was um, if if the whole transition for me leaving for military was about um, you know was about trying to give my family a bit of balance being an entrepreneur and all the things that went with that just just didn't work so the kind of deal at home was um, look it's going to be corporate for the, the kind of period of time where the children need a bit of stability um, and, yeah. and then once they're hopefully out of university and standing on their own two feet then you know if we want to go and do something wacky and take a load more risk then actually the only people that are going to suffer is, is, is us. So, so that's the, yeah, that's for me, it was a balance. I mean, like I'd, I'd love to go and fulfill my dream and have a mm. you know, small, small gin distillery somewhere in the Midlands in the UK, but, but actually too big a risk. We're looking forward to that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so going back then, did you have any reservations on going back to school? And if yes, why? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, my, you know, my research, and I, I don't think you're going to find anything that's going to contradict it here, is that an MBA is quite hard work. It's quite hard work to get there, and it's quite hard work when you get there. And, you know, anything in life that's worthwhile is hard work, so there's no, no huge surprises. So my, like, first and foremost reservation was, was would I be able to give my family a reasonable life whilst I was doing the MBA? Um, because mm. I didn't want to trade one situation which I was trying to avoid for another one. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that that wasn't as big a concern in reality as, as as it was in my mind but that was definitely there and and bear in mind i was lucky i i relocated a grand total of 15 miles when i left the army to, to where i'm living now now i had to commute to, to work business school and i would spend um weeks up at the business school but um mm. that was really difficult i think it was another aspect actually as well which was um you know i'd, I'd always been really clear myself that, that i was going to get one chance to do an mba one chance to take a sort of year off and indulge myself and mm. I was worried about being able to balance that with the you know, kind of the pace of the MBA and the you yeah. know the requirements to get a good grade and, and get a job afterwards um, yeah. so that's you know that was definitely in the back of my mind I, and you know I definitely sort of expand on that but I think the big one was um, that there's kind of like the context so I, I was very deliberately going to an organization which was hugely diverse, very international, you know, really forward thinking. And I had so like a bit of perspective. I'd come from one of the most conservative organizations you can possibly imagine. So when I, when I joined the military, and it's unbelievable now, but when I joined the military, I had to sign something which said that I understood homosexuality wasn't compatible with military service. And even when I left it, my, my bit of the military had only just had our first woman serving. Um, so really? incredibly conservative wow. organization. Um, and, and actually, I really, in some ways, I wanted to get away from that. But I was realistic mm. about myself. I had, I had sort of grown up in that organization and I was comfortable in it. And I was worried I'd basically be a bit of a dinosaur at business school. Um, and <laughs> people would think I'm a sort of strange, strange, pasty white man who doesn't fit in. Um, and, and as it turns out, that was complete nonsense. You know, there was, I was just as diverse as everybody else and, and it, it was sort of rubbed along fine, but that was, that was definitely there. Um, and I guess the last one was, I was worried about how relevant, you know, my experience was, was going to be and, and was it going to help me at business school? Was it going to help me, um, as I changed industry? 
because um, I, I thought I knew a lot about things that were irrelevant. You know, I knew a lot about loads about tanks and who on earth is going to outside of the defence sector. Who on earth is interested in that? Um, but genuinely, a lot of it's transferable. And and if you kind of mm. pause and reflect, and an MBA is great for that, then then you realise kind of why um, what you know is 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 useful, and, and you perhaps more importantly can explain that to people when they're you know either interviewing you or you're trying to make decisions. So then what was your MBA experience like coming from the British Army and NATO? You touched about upon some challenges in the work kind of the work family life balance, but what benefits and what challenges did you face? Oh, that's yeah, it's an interesting question actually. So I was reflecting on this earlier. So I was um, I was surprised initially. So the military is a, an organization which which on the outside seems very organized and structured, but can be um, particularly when, when they're doing things, can be a little bit kind of chaotic and, and very task focused. And by comparison, the MBA was um, very organized. I, I've touched on diversity, um, but was really progressive. Um, mm. And it's, that was, um, you know, that was really interesting. So um, the, the, the military has got some incredibly progressive parts of it. Uh, and it does, if it's procuring new bits of equipment, they might be the most, you know, unbelievably advanced and innovative bits of equipment. But as an organization, um, you know, innovation can be a little bit, it's at different levels and it's not like a core skill. Um, suddenly in, in MBA world, everybody was trying to be innovative and that was clearly the, the sort of goal we're after because that's how, how value was created. Um, and that was really interesting and, and something which initially I struggled a little bit with, but, but once it clicked, it, it, was, it was great. Um, yeah. I must say, I think people coming with military backgrounds will find, they find the, the sort of life experiences of the cohorts in, in an MBA um, can be different um, and I think this is you know this isn't just just true of business school I think this is a you know any any person in the military transitioning out um, they, they may have had um, you know some quite quite significant responsibility at a, at a relatively young age they may have done and seen things which were which were really significant um, and and suddenly you, you don't necessarily have people that that that's normal with um, so those that's sort of those gaps is not not say other people's experiences is bad or yours is good. It's just they're just different, um, mm-hmm. and that that's a bit interesting. So trying to find you know trying to find common common ground, trying to find relevance was um, was really sort of um, an interesting journey. Um, mm-hmm. I think the other area was that, that I found great and was a huge benefit was the kind of academic rigor and openness that that was encouraged. I was a, I was a um, a science undergrad so clearly i hadn't experienced humanities i hadn't experienced the sort of there's no right answer approach but particularly mm. I, I found that at business school um you absolutely had to justify what you think you couldn't rely on a mathematical answer um if, yeah. you, if you you know made a statement you, you, you've got to be able to stand by it and you've got to be able to explain it in, in sort of a degree of rigor and with some somebody with a bit of academic rigor who, who suggests that um and that that was great. And for me, that was a real breath of fresh air. Um, I, I made some notes about some other things, actually, which I thought were, were, were benefits. Um, and, and for me, I think that the, really the biggest aspect of it was that it helped me with the fundamental questions that I was trying to answer by being at business school. Um, mm. And, you know, I touched on the military being fast paced and, and, and at times chaotic. Well, what business school did for me was to give me some space and sort of an, a suitable environment to think. And that seems like a bit of a weird statement, but, but what I mean by that is, is people that were there, the, the staff specifically, but the students as well, they're, they're thinkers, you know, they are, they are trying to reflect upon things and they're, they're trying to, um, you know, understand the, the world around them. 
Um, and if that's what you're trying to do, that's a great place to do that. And that really, really helped me. Um, and I could slightly take my, you know, take my head out of, uh, out of the race and, and just, just concentrate on, on figuring out what it was I wanted to, to do. Um, yeah. I think the other massive benefit about business school is, is the opportunity to network and to, um, and to sort of speak to people. Um, again, that's, which wasn't high on my list when I went to business school. I thought, you know, I can do that anyway. I don't need to be out of business school to do that. Um, but it gave me a great story to tell. And it gave me a, a really good opportunity to sort of mix with people who've been um, really influential, who've broadened my mind and, and who've, you know, helped me to, to sort of secure roles or to, to understand my limitations or all the other things which, which are just, just absolutely critical. Um, but that's, that said, there was some challenges. And I, I think if, if somebody was to sort of, without any context at all, ask me what business school is like, I would say it's a multitasking exercise. Um, so there is so much to do and there isn't enough time or resource to do any of it perfectly. So mm. where, uh, you know, where you do well is you, you just learn how to deal with that. Um, and I, I found myself having to make kind of time versus payoff calls all the time. Yeah. So mm. I was having to say, you know, if I, if I spend an extra, you'd have sort of mandatory reading lists and you would have um, things that are sort of nice to read. And I'd find myself saying, right, it's going to take me four more hours to read the, the nice to reads before this lecture or before this area. And if I felt that was, that had a real tangible payoff, I'd do it. And, and if I didn't, I, you know, you'd, you'd have to sort of take the risk or actually mm-hmm. a business school, you speak to somebody who's read it and that's perhaps the, the better yeah. approach. Um, <laughs> but the, um, I guess, I guess that was really difficult at first. And I thought I was quite a good, quite a good multitasker. Um, but I guess it depends what you want out of it. And, and I had certainly set, I really wanted to take the opportunity myself to, to, to learn and develop. So, so I was struggling with, with all of that. And then I guess the other thing that business school is kind of the great thing about it is there's so much variety and there's so much experience. And in some ways that's also the worst thing about it. So it, it can be quite hard to um, work out what it is you really, really want to do and what it is you really, really want to get out of it. Cause a lot of people, I think certainly me included go to do an MBA because they are, you know, they're trying to answer those questions themselves. And the way that you do that is by you sample loads of different experiences and different things, different yeah. academic subjects, different people. Um, the problem is if you, if you, you know, dilute everything to the nth degree, um, you never get where it is you want to get to because everything's very diluted. So yeah. for me, I found it really challenging. So, so the, 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 the number one goal was always um, provide the life for my family that, that I wanted to give them. And that meant getting a great job. And that meant that the MBA was a, a, a route there rather than an end, end of its own. Um, so I had to, you know, I had to always be conscious of that. And I found myself, you know, deliberately taking time to network with people that could help me get where I wanted to go when I might have wanted other things because I had to keep they are on the goal. And there were weeks, you know, particularly before exams where you totally take your eye off that goal. Um, but that I think is really hard. And, um, you know, I, I, I would struggle. I think anybody would struggle with that if they can't. You know, even if they're the best multitasker and the clearest, you know, most focused individual. But but I think it's worth mentioning. Mm, absolutely, I think the focus is really important. Is staying is staying focused because there's so much that you can do, and it's easily to get distracted off things. And you have to really just stay disciplined throughout the whole the whole year. Yeah, yeah. that's a good, good way of putting it. <laughs> How do you think that the corporate world perceives or reacts to MBA graduates who've come from a, from a military background? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, I think like there's a you've got to put a timestamp on this. So this is coronavirus. This is 2020, and certainly in the UK, uh, for years and years and years, we've had a huge deference and a huge um, you know a huge kind of reverence to our uh, sort of military um, and and particularly the, the soldiers, sailors, and airmen that made it up. Um, and and we're seeing that's starting it's not migrating in a negative way but, but we're starting to hold our key workers and particularly our health workers in the same regard and i would say that that generally speaking you stand on the shoulders of giants um, as an mba grad with a military background because there's so many great people who've been before you that have had that experience um, mm. and that have shaped society and, and corporate uh, opinion of of people like like us so that really really helps and is incredibly positive um and i you know i can't I, I was forever being humbled at how much very very busy people were willing to go out of their way to help me to offer me advice um you know or to pass contacts on or, or whatever they could do to help and and that was mm. i should say that's nothing that i did that was all those incredible people who went before that, that caused me to do that um so i would say there is you know th that's something which should be definitely exploited while it lasts because you know there's very few times that, that you're going to be in that position um i think though there are some specifics i not personally but i've heard friends who, who transitioned out of the military and they'd be asked questions in interview like um but aren't you just going to shout at people um and, and you know it was it, it's it, you know it doesn't seem credible um actually there's definitely a preconception about what the military is and, and i guess sometimes it's up to you to dispel that um, if you you know mm. if you find yourself in that position and that's a problem maybe they want you to shout at people I don't know um, but but you've got to be aware of that baggage and I think most people would be naive not to um, mm. I think where where there is a really interesting aspect though is much like you know you can get a, an understanding that, that military management is about shouting um, people might not realise the value of your experience and certainly there are some companies which are brilliant at this and DHL definitely is is one of those. Um, but but absolutely not exclusively that really do recognize skills that that, um, that the military bring um, but there are other companies that, that I don't think do and, and actually that's not their problem that's your problem you have to be able to articulate what it is you do in a language that they understand you know if you're interested in that type of organization um, and I think that's because of a preconception about your experience um, so you don't have the kind of rigor um, of of the area that you're going to work in it would be almost impossible to um but but yeah. you do have loads of very very useful skills and you know perhaps you might have managed situations which are far more grave or far more significant um and and if you can relate that then that that is hugely useful um but you can't yeah. expect people to you know assume you know how to do it you have to kind of articulate it for them yeah yeah and i think you kind of um you know you hinted at it before when you said that people coming from this kind of background might have had very significant responsibilities at, at an early age um for me whenever i was speaking to people from from that kind of background on the mba i was constantly you know really really surprised and impressed with the just the scale of experiences and, and responsibility that people had held so i guess it's if you can get that across to companies that's a, a hugely valuable thing Oh, definitely as long as you do it in a humble way i mean there's you know you've got to be a little bit realistic that you know it's not a it's not a cavalry squadron in afghanistan that, that they're wanting you to to, to sort of manage so you know, mm. so what well, some relevant things there i i have heard of people falling foul of um you know oh, well, i i led hundreds of soldiers well that might not be relevant and, and you've got to figure that out yourself you can't assume it is
Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's a, a fine line to walk, I guess. Um, we've, we have kind of touched on this a bit, but I'm wondering if there's any, any kind of challenges that you feel individuals face when they decide to kind of transition out of a, a career in the military. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's loads. So one of the great ways that the British military uh, retains good people is by, um, they, they make it a very velvet lined rut. And by that, right. I mean that you, once you serve for a certain amount of time and you've got a family and you've got all those kind of responsibilities, um, you, you're very well looked after, be that, you know, pensions, um, support with housing, support with welfare matters, all those sorts of things. Um, and it, it, it I don't think it's intentional, but it makes it very scary if you want to sort of leave. And particularly today, I mean, it's in a, in a world where we're, we're unsure of economic um, future. We don't, you know, don't know if whole, whole tracks of industry are going to exist in their current form in, in, in you know, the, in, in the years to come. To trade in all that certainty that the military provides is is quite scary. Um, so mm. it, it really is quite challenging. I mean, I, I personally found that it was scarier than it, it should have been. Um, but you know, that's not to say that everybody that leaves the military is, is instantly successful and, and an MBA is a way to do that. You know, that's definitely not not the case. It's much more personal than that. So I think kind of getting over the, the fear of leaving is, is, is a pretty significant one. Um, and then I think the other bit, and I, I spoke a little bit about it earlier, but it's working out what it is you want to do. Like it's very easy, and I had a hugely positive experience in the military, but it's very easy to, to, to sort of be pushed out. You know, it's either mm. too dangerous or too time consuming or you just don't like the people that you're working with or all the reasons that people leave any organisation. Um, mm. And that's like a negative and you've got to find out what's the positive you're going towards. Is it that you want a, a, a new career in, in a certain area? Is it that you want to, you know, discover more about, a, you know, an academic field? What, what is it that you're trying to do? And if you can answer that question, I think the rest becomes a bit more manageable. Um, but of course, it's not a it's not a like a eureka moment. You, you have to go and do things that allow you to think about it. You have to kind of reflect and, and then come to the, you know, the idea about what it is that, that you want to do. Um, mm. And I think then there's that with that, there's like the practicalities of those decisions. So I think the, one of the biggest challenges, and I guess it's not it's not unique to the military, but I think anybody kind of going through an MBA is, is that you've got to decide what, what it is you want to do early enough that you have the time and space to do that so you're not reactive um, but late yeah. enough that you've had the chance to reflect upon what it is that you've learned and what it is you learn about yourself um, mm. you know you can't turn up on the MBA in day one and say I'm going to go and work for a you know a sort of stellar consultancy and that, that's all it's about because you probably haven't explored sectors there's probably sectors you didn't even know about I mean, mm. you were discussing higher education before we started you know as a great example of that so that's that's really hard and, and you know my approach to that was just putting relative sort of deadlines to it or working out how long the recruitment processes are going to take and work backwards from there um mm. but i think that's definitely a you know that's definitely a challenge because where where you meet people who, who perhaps struggle is is when they haven't you know, they haven't answered the motivation question and they're perhaps drifting from from role to role and, and they can't quite figure out what it is that they want or you know they're just being totally reactive because they've run out of the, the sort of space to make those decisions and that's when i think it can get hard um, but if you can make those decisions in advance, you know, you can, you can take your best shot at getting them. I was going to say, I really like the idea of putting the, um, of putting deadlines on it as well. So I think this for me was something that I probably wasn't quite disciplined enough with. And so it meant that, you know, after I finished my MBA, there was a, a bit of a gap between that and starting my next role, um, which was fine for me, but obviously doesn't kind of work for everyone, particularly if you've got family responsibilities. So I really like that idea of kind of, 
yeah figuring out you know what your date that you kind of need to start workers and factoring in the recruitment process and yeah kind of working backwards so what about and um, let's talk about a, a bit about the skills that you have that you feel crossed over in your role with DHL um what were the what were the kind of biggest skills that you feel were useful from your background and were there any that you felt that you needed to improve yeah so I think it's it's really interesting to talk about this because I, I was reflecting on this the other day my I've been amazed that almost every single skill that we kind of picked up on the MBA I've used directly in my current role and I found myself going back to lecture notes um, mm. to think about what mm. it was that I said and you know that mm. we were doing some social media stuff last week which was about the last area that we hadn't touched on we hadn't looked at sort of marketing and trying to influence people um, so so in, in those terms I was really surprised because I've done lots of courses obviously university first time around and and that was never the case that what I was learning was so directly relevant um, so that's hugely, you know, that's hugely useful. But of course, you choose your, your modules and you choose things that you're going to, you know, find relevant. Um, and that might not, you know, might not be the best, just choose the most practical. Um, so that definitely that's been very interesting. Um, and I, I found that, I guess, the, the sort of ability to get things done, the ability to, to sort of speak with people, the ability to um, kind of drive change, that was hugely useful and things that I had developed at, at business school probably had, had sort of picked up before. Um, but I think there's lots of, you know, certainly in improvement terms, despite I took a relatively heavy sort of financial um, bent to my MBA, uh, I found that I was still struggling to get up to speed with people that had been um, in, in DHL a bit longer and struggling to understand what, you know, what the numbers meant when we were looking at, at sort of um, at weekly accounts. Um, so that's certainly something that I've that I've had to improve post post MBA, but the, the foundation was there during the MBA. Um, and there's some sort of softer skills as well, which are really surprising. So I found matrix management was a lot more challenging outside of the military um, that, than than it ever was. Um, so so trying to develop the ability to sort of lead a team that don't work for you, um, and particularly when you know you're communicating over things like Zoom, um, it, it gets it gets harder. And I think the kind of other side of that, right, is, is relationship building and what worked in the military. And, and for years, that was about kind of having a beer with people or it was about getting to know people or doing really arduous things with people and the relationships just naturally, you know, naturally develop. Um, I found that that wasn't, you know, necessarily the case in, in, in a more normal corporation. So you had mm -hmm. to invest time building relationships. Um, and I, I completely underestimated that. You know, I thought that, that it would just be exactly the same in the military. You know, we, we, not that we would go to the pub or go for a run, but, but that it would just develop naturally. But that's not, not the case. Um, mm. And I think the last bit was, was the kind of communication skill set. So I had found, um, you know, I guess the military is still quite a 20th century organisation in that it's based upon face-to-face -face interactions and, and certainly management leadership's often just face-to-face -face interactions. And even when you're doing that by extension, by video calls or anything, it, it's still very, very um, straightforward communication skills that are being used. And I thought I, you know, I thought I was okay at that. Actually, I've needed a much, to develop a much broader sort of communication skill sets of communicating through email, communicating through letters, ensuring mm. that you use any, any number of tools to influence people um, to do at the moment it's all about making sure that their behavior is safe um, but it could be anything that, that, that you're trying to do and that you kind of communicate through uncertainty communicate change um, and that's something which um, again was surprising because I thought I was I thought I was good at that um, but actually I just you know I was playing a different game back then um, and yeah. and I think that's something I've really had to had to work on yeah 
Yeah, that makes sense. It's funny that you said about lecture notes as well. Like I've been really surprised how um, textbooks that I thought I was never going to open again um, since leaving the MBA actually um, have been really useful. And I found myself like going back and, and looking through stuff. And so, yeah, I've had some, uh, some similar experiences there, I guess, with, um, with finding it quite practical. If I can just ask one question. So, so your skills, such as the, the finance or for email communication or getting better at understanding the matrix way of matrix uh, communication works. How have you filled in those gaps? Oh, well, that's a great question. I think so. Some of it, I guess there is like, you go back to your lecture notes. Some of it is just about feedback. Um, mm. So there was a great, there was a great test that I was taught very, very early in the army, which is applicable in loads of circumstances. And that was, if you're trying to, if you're trying to tell people to do something, so you come out with a plan to attack something, you, mm-hmm. you work out who the most, um, you know, the most stupid person is in your group and you ask them and if they understand it, um, then obviously your message has got across. Now that's yeah. a, you know, that's a statement filled with all sorts of terrible <laughs> connotations. Um, but the, the idea of, of actually like peer feedback, it, it, it's great. Mm. You can say to somebody, you know, you, what do you, what do you, what do you make of this? And, and nine times out of 10, they're relatively honest. So you just sort of, you know, you fine tune your approach. Um, okay. And, and certainly dealing, so I was doing a fair bit of change, dealing with some of that uncertainty. Um, mm. it, it's through that that I realized that, that sometimes things aren't as effective as you think they are, or sometimes they're completely counterproductive. Um, and that you, you can kind of figure that out through, through feedback. And then there's example. I mean, there's, there's great communicators in every business. And it's just a you know, question of working out what makes them great and then emulating the bits that work for you. Um, yeah. And I think that that's, that's very true with the techniques. Um, and, you know, there's, there's endless Skype calls in different businesses, but, but some of them can be done brilliantly um, and really get a point across and some are total switch-offs. Um, and, you know, if you can work out how to do one, not the other, then that's a, you know, that's a great skill to develop. And you just do that by yeah. copying what works, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Thank you. So final question, um, if you were talking to MBAs coming from a, a similar kind of background to you, um, what would be your, uh, your tips or your advice for them? I, I guess, uh, you know, not speaking personally, but more from, from people I've met, there's lots of success out there. So I, I mentioned earlier just how daunting it can be um, when you're trying to pluck up the courage to leave. Um, but there are loads of people that have done it and who've been really successful. Um, and, you know, I personally found the sort of balance and satisfaction that I was looking for. Um, and it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be to get there, which, you know, that's all hugely positive. It's not say it's not hard work. It really is. Um, but it's not as difficult as, as perhaps I thought. Um, mm. So that's definitely, a you know, like, don't be as worried as you think, which is not to say leave, like figure out why you're leaving before mm. leaving. Um, yeah. But if you do decide to leave, it, there's, there's some very successful people out there and it's not perhaps as challenging as you think. Um, mm. I think the other one is, is, tell your story, like learn how to tell your story, how you got there, why you made the decisions you made and and what you're doing now. And like uh, particularly somebody with a military background doing an MBA, that's, that's really interesting. Somebody would, you know, they will spend the time it takes to drink a cup of coffee with you. um, Just, just to hear that if you tell it in the right way, clearly if you're arrogant and irrelevant, then that doesn't help. But um, that's, that's really powerful. And that can get you, you know, get you to speak to people that, that, that can help and can, can, um, sort of shape your shape your journey um i think the other one is is just about asking for help so you know when you're asking how did i try and develop my communication skill set some of that was just asking for help um which isn't 
something so in in military terms we have to be a little bit careful because we don't we certainly don't ask you know people that work, work for us for help directly about making you know big decisions or making it better we can be a little bit reluctant to do that um actually so if you're if you're kind of ex-military um, almost regardless which country you're from um you have got the most incredible alumni network ever and i've mm. i've almost never found somebody um that i've asked if they would spend a bit of time and help me um that's where we share some sort of military bonding bonding common um that hasn't made time to help out uh, and that's that's brilliant i mean that can be so so useful and just figuring that out and then asking for help in the right way i mean don't ask for jobs that's not going to help anybody um and, and mm. try and figure out what it is you want to ask them don't sort of just waffle because generally speaking they're busy people but but you'll get you know you'll get the help and that that really does help so that's definitely um you know definitely what i'd say I get. I think there's also, um, you know, something I think we'd all agree on is is your time at business school is is really really valuable, and you've got to treat it as such. So, you know, I was mm. talking earlier about multitasking and everything else, but but I think you need to be really deliberate about what are the things you do there. So, which professors do you cultivate kind of strong relationships with? In the areas mm. that they're interested in, and, and and how you know how they can can shape your thinking and help you develop. Um, cause that's where you get huge benefit from things. You know, you're you're dealing with um, you know, incredibly intelligent people, incredibly complicated subjects, and and it's right at the edge of the of the sort of field of thinking. Um, so you know, if you can have a cup of coffee with somebody um, who's doing that, if it's relevant and and, and something that, that interests you, that that is absolute gold dust, and you can't possibly replicate it. Um, whereas if you sort of rush from lecture to lecture and then you're you know you're just straight out socialising, um, maybe you you know maybe you'll miss it. Um, so I'd, you know, I'd be careful about that. And I think that goes for all the sort of activities that you do, because there's so much that you can do. Um, and if you're just, if you value your time as much as you possibly can, and, and of course we're all paying for it, um, but, but really treat it like every second is being paid for, um, then it'll be, you know, then it'll be worthwhile. And then you won't begrudge the reading or the exams because you know, there's a purpose to it. Um, but you will, you know, make the most of them. So I guess that's what I, I kind of learned. It took me a bit of time to figure that out on the way, but, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And especially about kind of making the most of your time, particularly if you're doing the one year courses, um, where it is kind of there's so much packed into that, you know, 11 months. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think some of it, you know, some, some MBA programs, they, they, they encourage a lot of pre-work and a lot of, a lot of pre-thought. Um, and mm. I think that could be quite worthwhile as well, because then you, you know, you make the best out of your 11 months and, and it, it works thank you so much for that it's really insightful perspective from coming from the military but also actually you know we've talked so much in the mba but you don't always get to know someone that well because you are doing so much schoolwork mm -hmm. and actually just great to hear your story a bit more yeah cool well thank thank you both for your time i mean you know, i appreciate having the opportunity and, and like i say when i was um <laughs> when i was kind of starting out i was definitely just sort of struggling to find out the truth with these things. Um, so mm. getting people to you know, just answer those questions is perfect, really. I really enjoyed talking with Phil. And there were two, two kind of broader aspects that came across from our conversation. And the first one was his comment about if you're coming from the military, you're, you're standing on the shoulder of, shoulders of giants. And it made me think, your military reputation, it precedes you. So if you are thinking of making that change and you're a bit afraid because you think, oh, what if I can't do it? Or what's gonna, you know, you're afraid of the unknown. Don't be afraid because 
the military reputation is so strong, it actually adds a lot to your, to your background and CV. So th that struck me. And then the other part was much more personal about Phil. What came across very strongly was his, his sense of duty and love for his family. And that mm. came across from his decision to actually make the change, but also how he made the change and the things he was looking at and how he had his plan A, B, C, and D. And that, I don't know, that really warmed me to Phil as a, as a, a man, a husband, a father. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just so, um, it really drives home the point as well, that doing an MBA is very kind of personal and it's really about what you want to get out of it. And yeah. I think it can be, you know, it can be easy sometimes to get caught up in, okay, um, everyone's looking at consulting firms or banking and finance and, but actually, you know, taking a step back and thinking, well, what's you know what's really important to me what are my values and how do I get a role that allows me to to honor those and, and really connect with them yeah yeah absolutely you nailed it on the head that's all for today's modern MBA podcast I'm Kristen and I'm Marie and until next time goodbye bye <laughs>